everyone. Welcome back to the Minute Women podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Linnea. And we have a very special guest with us today. A very special guest. A wonderful human being. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, the uh, queen of the Halifax podcasting scene. Really? Oh and comedy scene. An actual comedian. An actual Not comedian. Not like us, like pretend comedians. <laughs> a where, real one. Where we just sit in an echo chamber of our own laughter. You guys pretty much are. You might not be stand-up comedians, that's, that's but fair. you are like podcast comedians. Oh, thank you. Well, There's like, different kinds of comedians. A lot of people are comedians, and they just they may never do stand-up. Fair. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. fair. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the queen of stand-up comedy oh, yeah, with us. Oh my gosh, she's that's here. So sweet. Sarah Hopefully, no Halifax comics are hearing this and going, "No, she's not." <laughs> it was. Well, they funny. can fuck off. I have a friend who was at Hop Yard the other night when you oh had your gosh. show, and was like, and had it on like her stories, her Instagram stories, oh and I was like, "Oh my god, I know her." <laughs> oh, that makes me feel good. That makes yeah. me feel real good. I heard your whole bit about. Um, the problem with your personality is that you have one. That I have one. Yeah. yeah. And guys yeah. don't like that. I like that. <laughs> They're like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Stop talking. <laughs> you have feelings and opinions. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. 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 Oh, God bless. That's yeah. so nice. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is really uh, exciting. No problem. The, the person we're talking to is Sarah McClendon. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the host of the Intoxicated <laughs> I didn't actually introduce her. <laughs> That's me. I just gushed. So how much do you know about Canadian history? Not much. Great. I'm that's... just going to be very honest and real and say, like, it was one of those class. That said, like, if I were to turn back time, mm-hmm. I would have paid way more attention. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, when I was in school, I was, like, all about, like, art class yeah. and, like, recess. Yeah. And recess. <laughs> <laughs> the lunch the break. The important <laughs> class of the day. Do you remember recess? It was, like, a 15-minute break. Yeah. Like, it was great. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember if I had... um recess in high school but i don't think we had homeroom so we had a 15 minute break after first period that was homeroom so you had so it was kind of like recess but you didn't get to go outside and swing i feel like i had homeroom at the start of the day from what i remember i definitely did in junior high like homeroom was this i so my junior high was very strange where we started the bell rang at 8 35 that was like the start of the day and we didn't get out until three o'clock it was not like a super uh, amazing institution of learning but like we just like they, they made you read for the first 25 minutes of the day oh that's nice so okay. the bell rings and because i guess it's part of nova scotia curriculum that you have to have a certain number of reading hours in the day yeah. and so this is how they did it they achieved it was like <laughs> forced reading time in you the know morning what, though? it might work you're smart yeah and it worked for you you're right well today whenever we have a female guest we like to do a female badass yes Uh, and today i think we are doing one of the the most like quintessential female badass uh heritage minutes okay it's the angus mcphail heritage minute okay Okay. um so that heritage minute was always the scariest heritage minute to me as a kid it's so scary because she tours a male prison yeah and they just right. they show like these like emaciated, beaten and abused prisoners, and then she's in the the courtroom yeah. or not courtroom parliament, and she's yeah. advocating for prisoners' rights. Basically, a courtroom. Yeah, and and she takes like a like a, I guess like a horse's bridle or something like a whip, and right. she like cracks it down on the table. And she's like, "Is this normal?" Yeah, and I never a great line. Oh, minute. is this normal? Iconic. <laughs> I want um, to yes. say it all the time now. It's is just this like normal. Like you like look down and see like a mole on your arm, and you're like, "Is this normal?" 
And you have to say it in that with that dramaticness. Yeah. I feel like what's her name? Angus? Angus. Agnes. 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 I feel like she's a, is she kink shaming a bit? Is this normal? Yeah. Yes. Right. Some people are into she it. She probably was a kink shamer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um yeah, and I, I remember the minute and I remember not knowing if it was like a like a whip or something to hit people with or if it was like restraints oh yeah it was like because it was like this big piece of like leather yeah looking stuff very intense definitely didn't look like something that i would want to To have to be beaten with with. yeah yeah (laughs) yeah true other things not kink shaming (laughs) not kink kink shaming shaming but it looked a little dirty it did it did It's like, I'm not so concerned about the beating, but I think I will get an infection from this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the open wound afterwards will not be uh, pleasant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to talk about her life. Um, oh, kind of from birth to death and, and see what her, her shtick was. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, was she into eugenics? Probably. I actually didn't Ugh. see anything specifically about that. Well, that's promising. But basically, all female suffragettes in Canadian history were, like, super into eugenics. That's what we've discovered. Oh. Yeah. Because it's viewed as a progressive thing during that period of time, where it's, it like... What was viewed as progressive. Yeah, yeah, No yeah, yeah. longer viewed as progressive. No longer viewed as progressive <laughs> by most. Right. This this whole movement basically saying you can, like, sa- scientifically categorize people, and then from that, you can, like, predict what their children will be like so you know like if you're if you are insane you should be made infertile because yeah. that would be because you're gonna have child abuse insane baby. to have a child yeah exactly. ah. hmm so they were into Yikes. that however i bet she was into some other really cool stuff Pro- <laughs> so let's talk about it <laughs> cool stuff so right. cool the cool life of agnes mcphail and i will call her angus at some angus? point because agnes agnes is such a strange consonant like yeah it is strange uh, order yeah. but i do yeah anyways aggie 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 her name is aggie now now okay. i want a breakfast sandwich <laughs> So Gray County is situated on the southwest flank of the Georgian Bay in Ontario. It's a it's pretty area. I've been to Georgian Bay. Oh. It's beautiful. That's where that's where the good gin, the gin, smash gin smashes are from. Georgia, oh. That's Georgian Bay gin. Oh. <laughs> Distinct high rocky ripples in the land are covered with mixed deciduous forests and stands of tall coniferous trees. Uh, it's primarily settled by Scottish immigrants in the 1800s, and logging was the main um, industry. And following that, you know, you cut down all the trees, suddenly you have all these great fields for grazing cattle. So then following cutting down all the trees, you have cattle and sheep It's farming. basically Catan. Oh my exactly. god! Yeah, do you yes. like Catan? I oh oh, we love we Catan. love Catan. We should do we should do Catan at some point. We should oh, do a board game night at the my, office. That would be so fun. Yeah. I haven't played it in a while because uh, uh, the friend I had that like had it like moved mm. away from me. That's the that's the hard part about Catan. Like if you don't, yes. yeah, my. I got my family very into Catan over the pandemic, and now they they invite me over to play Catan. I <laughs> love that. I would love to yeah. have a Catan night. They're having a Catan night tonight, actually. Really? Yeah, with some of their friends. Um, but yeah, that sounds like Catan. We've it got does. sheep. We've got forests. We've got Wood. rocks. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mom calls the cities universities. 
university exclusively because she calls them houses and universities because just one time she like messed it up and was like it's a university and it just really stuck and so we call them houses and universities so on march 25th 1890 eggy is born she Um, is a aries aries after pisces just just an aries just an aries Yeah. yeah love it i'm a march aries she's She's six days before me. She's bringing the fire. Yeah. Yeah. So she's born into two, like, Scottish families. So, like, her dad is a McPhail and her mom is a Campbell um, in one of the townships, uh, which is one of the wettest areas in the South Gray (laughs) County. (laughs) Oh, wet. This website that I took this information from is great. (laughs) I love it. It focuses on very strange information. (laughs) the wettest area the wettest area um so her dad's name is dugald duggled duggled dougie 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 and uh he married henrietta uh, just the year before so she's you know she's the first child first child uh and they started their life together in a log house oh that's nice so the first farm was a low-lying farm um and the house was very dark and cold in the winters and agnes remembers that the kitchen was big and attractive and we children loved it oh Mm. love the kitchen uh the mcphails stayed in that log home until agnes was 12 when they moved to a farm um nearer to the big center like city center of this county this new farmhouse was a brick one and could be more easily heated in the winter uh, which made uh agnes's mother very happy Dugald prospered by farming the land, cattle dealing, and auctioneering. Oh, which I love that side gig. It's like number one. No, 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 this guy just was like oh whatever like just take his bid over mine like let this child take the cattle but then my dad like in retrospect clearly this man was just being nice but like as a child he was like i need my papers is this real like i need (laughs) i need to get the papers so i can get into the whatever it's like being very serious and procedural about it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so cute So Agnes's father didn't believe that women should do heavy work, so like manual labor on the farm. Um, but Agnes did not take to housework with any enthusiasm. She doesn't love she doesn't, her. She doesn't like yeah. cleaning up after everything. <laughs> Ooh, I relate. <laughs> uh, she helped her father instead tend and harness animals. Along with the regular family gatherings, the McPhail home was a social gathering spot where groups of men talked over farm politics and affairs of the day while the women discussed domestic issues and events. Oof. Already rebelling against the narrow trap of marriage, Agnes <gasps> resolved. Ag- Agnes's resolve was fueled in these early days to make a contribution to society in addition or in place of having children. My gay, Love my gaydar is <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll go through yeah. and, like, you'll be like, this is one of the lesbians. hidden lesbians. I'm also sure. interested, like, where the, where did these facts come from? Like, did someone know these things? Because they're like, oh, she really liked the kitchen. So she, That made her happy. How, how do people know this? So she was very good at... Um, keeping all of her papers and then they all got donated to an archive so there's a whole archival collection of all of agnes's like papers through her life oh wow so i don't know if that's just from like an account that she told someone or if that's like from a diary as a child that was really fascinating yeah there's a lot of like 
stuff about Agnes McPhail at like Library and Archives Canada. It's so funny because I mean, Grace just tells me the knowledge and I just totally trust that it's you just all real. Like that was so critical. Like not in a bad way, but you were like, Oh, where is this information coming from? And I'm like, yeah. I just, Grace knows everything about history. <laughs> This, it this just specifically just, is from like the Agnes McPhail like society website. Right. Oh, that seems all. legit though. But it's from yeah. her like from her collection. Is yeah. like, so it's like basically this website is the guide to her collection. Very at cool. The archives. Very, very cool. So Agnes was the eldest of three daughters. Uh, her younger sisters, Gertha and Lily. It's like, Gertha. who was the favorite child? Lily. Gertha, Agnes, Gertha, <laughs> and Lily. Lily has the prettiest name. For sure. I wonder if she was the prettiest sister. <laughs> Um, and they were raised within an embracing extended family, and Agnes hmm. formed strong bonds with the women in her family in particular. Her grandmother Campbell, so like her maternal line grandmother, was a progressive thinker who has come from few worldly advantages, and Agnes idolized her. So she really like came from like a fam- quite a poor family, oh, but like okay. made it made it in the world. Oh. Henrietta had the sterling quality of standing by her beliefs no matter what the cost and illustrated thrift and unending hard work for her daughters. Hmm. For Agnes, her father, Dugald, was a man of like quick insight and wit. She admired his sociability but wondered aloud after his death whether he had lived to his fullest potential or if family responsibilities had limited him. Aww. That's sad. Which is like a hard thought to have. It's That's just a, like if yeah. he didn't like if he wasn't a dad, would he have gone on to do bigger and better things? That's a heavy weight I know. to yeah. carry as a kid. But also, like, <laughs> men can go up and do anything during this period of time. That's like, also true. Having kids doesn't hold back a man during this period Very of time. Very true. No. Yeah. That's not as much as I would assume yeah. a woman, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So she was really, like, she stood up. She was different in that she stood up to people. Yeah. In a, in a way. Yeah. I think she's, like very aware at a young age of like her family dynamics and like circumstances it's crazy apparently emotions were kept to a minimum in the family (laughs) (laughs) but agnes loved her parents with a fierce admiration um, and recognized the qualities she had gained from her parents so she wrote perhaps i owe to my father the ability to get into parliament and i owe to my mother the ability to stand it when i got there oh i love that i like that Agnes so attended nice. many different local schools throughout her childhood. When the McPhail family moved, she attended an all-girls school. Um, and then over her childhood, it was a routine for Agnes and her younger sisters to walk for miles to get to their local one-room schoolhouses. But they all had their own determinations, and they were all really focused on education. Uh, Lily and Agnes both wanted to teach in school, and Gertha excelled in music and wanted to become a music teacher. Aww. So that's cool. I mean, they all want careers yeah. yep. during like the very early 1900s. But also seem to have the support from their parents to want to, to go pursue do it, yeah. those careers, mm-hmm. yeah. which is cool. Yeah. At the age of 14, Agnes was delighted to find out she had passed all her high school entrance exams and foresaw the unfolding of her future as a teacher. Her parents, however, denied her the permission. So actually, I guess they're not super supportive. (laughs) I take that back. (laughs) A little bit of both. A little bit of both. But it took her two years to finally convince them for her to go. So I guess they probably need her around the house. They only have three daughters. So I feel like you do need labor on the farm. Well, and she seems to be the one interested in that. Yeah, it seems like she was the one helping her dad all the time. And she was the oldest. So that was probably like their first, you know, kind of attempt at like 
trying to control a daughter. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a weird way. So Agnes eventually moved away from home to attend high school in 1906, and she attended the Owen Sound Collegiate Institute. There, she excelled in all of her classes and was exposed to the social divide between urban and rural girls. Determined to gain a profession outside the home, Agnes carried on in 1908 to attend the Normal School for Teachers in Stratford, Ontario, where she boarded with her aunt and uncle. When Agnes graduated in 1910, she landed her first job, uh, which was about four miles east of Port Elgin in Ontario. I don't know where Port Elgin no is. No idea. But, um, and she earned $500 a year. Ooh, um, rolling on it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. I wonder how much that would, would have been worth back then, though. Like, would 500 have been it's probably a decent a lot? salary? Yeah, you think? I'm thinking yeah. like 20,000. 20, yeah, I'd oh, say it's like okay. lower end of livable yeah. wage. Yeah. yeah. Her next appointment was in Kinloss, a town located halfway between Walkerton and Kincarine, Ontario. No idea. We're we're in the middle uh, of butt fuck nowhere in we, Ontario. We're in like, lots of is, rural Ontario. This yeah. is where like Letterkenny is filmed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was here that Agnes was encouraged to voice her political opinions during gatherings of farmers in the local hardware store. Nice. Oh, I love that. <laughs> He's like, I'm here for some nails yeah. and a piece of two by four, and she's like, But have you thought about politics? <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about unionizing? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know your rights? <laughs> I love that. She's like a. She's really like. She's really speaking out. They're like, like amongst men. I love that. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's Agnes again. Um, <laughs> I just love that it's in like Canadian Tire though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, what I'm picturing, I'm picturing like the local like home hardware. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Agnes just walking in. Yeah. Um, um, in a power suit. I picture her in a power suit. Although I'm assuming she probably wore a dress of sorts. Her experiences in Kinloss opened Agnes's mind to the possibility of doing more with her life. Uh, she traveled to Oyen, Alberta to visit her aunt and uncle and taught summer school there for six months, but was discouraged by Albertan weather and so returned to Ontario. <laughs> Love that. She's like, nope, not for me. I'm out. So her next appointment was at Peg's school um, in Sharon, Ontario, and it was here that Agnes's career shifted dramatically. Agnes taught school children for a total of 10 years, and then in 1920, her political career began. In Sharon, she was increasingly active in the Ontario Agricultural Cooperative Movement. So for farmers, cooperative movements tend to be like, they're very big in the prairies where you would have like grain unions. Right. So okay. instead of us all individually selling grain, what we'll do is we'll add all of our grain into a silo and we'll collectively sell it mm. and then we all get our share. Gotcha. Okay. And that protects you because if whatever, if grain doesn't sell, yeah. for instance, you can all um, save it collectively. Right. And that kind of like helps you out in bad years. Right. Okay. Versus like you as an individual may not be able to save grain that makes right. sense. like you may not have the silo or whatever mm -hmm. so you're just gonna have to like distill it into rye or or do something with it right um yeah. and so that that happens a lot especially after like the dust bowl right. uh during the great depression yeah wow. um but those are starting to pop up throughout canada and they're a really big political movement and they shape a lot of our left-wing politics today really yeah so huh. like the ndp party's roots are in like united farmers co-ops oh huh. wow yeah very cool 
So she joined the local farming organizations and the United Farmers of Ontario, which is the UFO. UFO! (laughs) Um, Out of this world. (laughs) A farmer's political, educational, and social organization that was formed in 1914. In 1919, the UFO won a landslide victory in the Ontario provincial election, and two years later, McPhail was nominated to represent Southeast Gray County in the House of Commons as a member of the Progressive Party, with which the UFO was then affiliated. That's cool, like, because she's 100% being nominated by male peers. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. that's yeah. huge at that time. I mean, that's still huge today. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I definitely get, like, she's... She certainly has to overcome a lot being the first woman elected to parliament and being the only woman elected to parliament while she's there. I don't think she ever is alongside another female MP. Um, But I like I was kind of impressed by she is quite welcomed to that space by certain people. Like obviously not everyone. Right. But there are people who are very like progressive and happy that she's there. Yeah. Yeah. She has supporters. Yeah. Yeah. So McPhail was the only woman elected to Parliament in 1921, which was the first federal election which women had the right to vote. Okay. Oh. So we're picking up from what we learned in the uh-huh. Nellie McClung yeah. and the Emily Murphy uh, Heritage Minute, which we've done episodes on. You can go back and listen to those. But as a result, we now have women able to vote and women able to run in the, for a seat in the House of Commons. Enter, women are people. Enter Aggie. Enter Aggie. <laughs> Feminist warrior. Yeah. Love her. It's kind of like a trilogy of Heritage Minutes. Like, yeah. you yeah. have to do Nellie first, and then you can do Emily to understand the legacy of Nellie, and then you can do Agnes, Agnes. as the legacy of Emily. Right. All these women are, like, br- like uh, trailblazing yeah. for yeah. other women. Definitely. It's really fun. And, like, they're doing it, like, essentially alone, which is so, like... Yeah. yeah. There's really, like, this, like, group of five women who yeah. did a lot. It's it's very criticized today because they were also quite like racist and like had oh. obviously like eugenicist beliefs like we talked about earlier, but yeah. they are the first women who have the ability and like the resources at their disposal and the time to advocate for women's rights. Right, um, and we we learn from history, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. especially as like trailblazers who were a minority. Mistakes happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Different, and, and it's just like what. What we know now is different than what we knew then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like we talked about with Just Watch Me Pod, they came on when we did Emily Murphy. Yeah. They were, like, Kate was saying, like, you have to acknowledge what they did Yeah, while also simultaneously acknowledging the bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. learning a conversation bad, you yeah. just have to keep having yep. yeah. versus just ignoring yep. it. <laughs> right. Um, and it doesn't discredit the good work that they did in yeah. history you know what i mean like yeah. it, it, it they, they were still trailblazers like yeah. they still did so much it was just like you had said earlier it you know at the time that was progressive thinking yeah and that's changed thankfully yeah. the good stuff they did led to even better things yeah yeah like the, the way future, the way i always so. think about it is just like all great human accomplishments are achieved by humans and no yeah. human is without like significant flaws, flaws. Yeah. oh that's so true so it does like it's why every celebrity if you like deep dive yeah. on their shit online like you're gonna find stuff that's bad you will find stuff absolutely except, except keanu reeves except keanu reeves oh, what he's a, a perfect man what a perfect man <laughs> he's a perfect he Canadian man. is <laughs> anything comes keanu up. reeves episode oh, oh, just God. watch me just watch ah. me yeah. <laughs> are they fans too um, they just c- 
cover a lot of popular culture oh, and stuff, Canadian yeah. and Canadian like oh. celebrities. So. Like when we went on theirs, that. we talked about Kim Cattrall. <gasps> yeah, Canadian. She's a secret Canadian. She is very. They I didn't they, know she was Canadian. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I didn't either. She's like, I feel like she's like she's born in Canada and she has Canadian like citizenship. And but like a lives, lot of her career yeah. in life was outside. She lives Canada. in Canada oh, now. Yes. Uh, for the pandemic, she returned to Canada. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. Huh. Yeah. But anyway, other than Keanu Reeves, everyone <laughs> is flawed. Yeah, I have to wonder <laughs> if uh, Aggie would be canceled if she did all this stuff in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I and granted, I didn't see like anything that was like agnes was involved in the eugenesis movement like i didn't right. see that for her specifically right right i just wouldn't be surprised if something came up right um so if i've left that out that's just my own ignorance but yep yep so she served as a member of parliament for the riding of gray southeast until she was ultimately defeated in the 1940 election election so that's 19 years in the house of wow. Parliament straight that's wild yeah that's insane McPhail had allies and admirers in the House of Commons, but she also faced criticism from fellow MPs and journalists who opposed her stance on political and social issues. She entered politics to represent the farmers in her region, and throughout her political career, she also championed the rights of minors, immigrants, prisoners, women, and other marginalized groups. Some critics suggest that McPhail's support for these groups was influenced by communism, Others implied that her judgment had been affected by her sweet nature and womanly sympathy. Oh, for um, sakes. The mother, oh. The I don't know what's angle. worse. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> yeah, what one is worse? Holy smokes. Um, and she dared to criticize militarism and imperialism at a time when this was, like, it, w- it was so bad to be opposed to those things that you get accused of treason. Like, she, oh. got, she was accused of treason because she was saying, like, Canada should not fight in a war. Yeah, I I like that she seems to be passionate about things other than women's rights. Yeah, because it's one, because I feel like you know when women are breaking any glass ceilings, you know it, it's about women first. And I feel like she came in and yeah. she was like, "I'm just a person who wants to talk about the farmers and like how like these are yeah. my main focuses." Yeah, like yes, I'm a woman, but like that's a sidebar. Like she I'm, just happens to be a woman. She's fu- yeah. she's yeah. fighting for human rights, not just women's yeah, rights. Yeah, where when you see like Nellie McClung and Emily Murphy, it was. I, because it needed to be about women's rights and right. about like you know we are women we are persons like we have the right to vote yeah and, and i feel like now with agnes she's at the point where that's just that that's not the key reason why she's there which i think yeah. is so cool and yeah. it's, it's one of those things where like as a minority you're expected to just be every everyone of that minority's voice yes. Yes. Right. and it's just like so unattainable for like She's like, I can't speak for all women. I'm sure that's yeah. not specifically what she's saying. But, like, no. it is one of those things where it's just, like, the first female, like, the thing she's most known for, other than being the first woman elected to the House of Commons, is her work with prisons. Yeah. Like, that is the thing that she's known for, which I think is cool. Like, it's not like she went up there and, like, exclusively talked about women's rights. Yeah, yeah. because she didn't, because at that point, she didn't need to. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it was she was able to just be a member of parliament who was able to talk about the issues that were important to her and uh-huh. like her. Right, that's just so cool. That is yeah. so cool. She's a badass. Yeah, she's cool. So Agnes's introduction to the House of Commons in 1922 was accompanied by grand displays of chivalry from her male colleagues. <laughs> uh, through, through, though the messages were mixed, uh-huh. um, she got a bouquet of roses on her desk, and she found out later uh, it was the result of a lost bet. So I guess what? like they made some kind of weird bet 
I guess about her getting elected. That she wouldn't get in. She wouldn't get in. It's like, if she does get elected, you got to send her like a bouquet of roses. And they're like, ooh. No way. It's like, hee hee Just like boys running around the House of Commons. <laughs> they're like, you got to buy eggy flowers. <laughs> With no shoes, but socks on. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> Being the only woman in the House of Commons at the beginning of her career, Agnes attracted a lot of attention from men and women. She befriended many men on both sides of the house, but had a few staunch opponents as well. Many men resented her invasion of their sanctified parliamentary space, oh, and it took a lot of effort barf. for the unorthodox Agnes to be accepted by many women as well. Oh, yeah, well, that's a huge Just thing, like right? Just, like, indoctrinated women. Yeah, lesbian. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Agnes tirelessly worked for her rural constituents. She denounced the high tariffs that benefited manufacturers at the expense of farmers. However, her sympathies were not only for rural workers. Like I mentioned earlier, she fought for a lot of disadvantaged groups. She specifically to Nova Scotia. (gasps) Even though she was accused of communism for it, she criticized the government for providing subsidies to the British Empire Steel Corporation while ignoring the plight of miners in Nova Scotia who suffered low wages and poor living conditions. Yeah. Hashtag Cape Breton mine disaster. Cape Breton, Cape Breton was like the hotbed of communism in Canada. (laughs) Did you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. JB McLaughlin, that's his Uh, name. And he like met Lenin and stuff. Like he went to the like red. Oh yeah, he was there. Stop it. And he was like the leader of the communist party. Cool guy. (laughs) Wow. Before communism was like really about like really hurting up hurting up people (laughs) and killing them. Oh my gosh. Before communism got really uncool. Yeah. <laughs> it was still, it was just edgy. Yeah, it was just like edgy at the time. Yeah. It was like the fascists in the beginning, you know. It all sounds like a good idea. Yes. I love this. I love this for us. <laughs> Abort mission. <laughs> the poor conditions and precarious circumstances for the working class drove Agnes and some of her colleagues to promote a cooperative movement that would protect the interests of farmers and industrial workers. In 1924, Agnes and some of her colleagues from Alberta left the Progressive Party to form the Ginger Group. I love that. (laughs) Were they all redheads? (laughs) When neither the original Spice Girls. (laughs) That's a group I would join. She was my favorite. Yeah, Ginger for sure. Just five clones of Ginger Spice. When neither the liberal nor the conservative governments seemed capable of responding to the Great Depression in the 1930s. What? That's just funny that a bunch of ladies were like, both of them suck. Can we please, like, we need another option. <laughs> the Ginger Group allied with the League of Social Reconstruction and various agrarian, labor, and socialist groups. They created a new organization, which was the Cooperative Commonwealth Federation. Uh, the CCF promoted nationalization of key uh, industries, so like mm. the nationalization of healthcare and things like that, uh, welfare states. Um, it th- so this party becomes the NDP. Oh, uh, that's what I was. Yeah. That's what that's I was feeling like. So this ginger, is the origin story. Orange, orange, ginger, oh, branding. Yes, Bam. thousand points of light coming yeah. together. Mm-hmm. We should call it. Go back to calling it the ginger party <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I love that. Just call up Greg Meat thing. But how about this? <laughs> you might have the more edge party. if yeah, like you. You'll definitely bring in some people. You'll get all the redheads. Absolutely, <laughs> they're a minority. They are. <laughs> so McPhail was a founding member of the CCF. Um, however, when the United Farmers of Ontario withdrew from the CCF, uh, McPhail was forced to leave as well. 
she continued to associate with members of the CCF afterwards. In 1938, she began attending caucus meetings. Uh, she rejoined the CCF in the 1940s and represented the party in the Ontario legislature. Hmm. One of Agnes's greatest accomplishments in her life was the reform of the Canadian penal system. In 1923, prisoners at the Kingston Penitentiary rioted. This prompted Agnes to investigate the conditions of the prison, and what she saw there shocked her and sparked her campaign for prison reform. So that's what you see in the Heritage Minute. Right. Mm -hmm. For years, Agnes pushed for change. She argued that prisoners should be reformed and educated and that corporal punishment should be reduced. Her reckon. Her recommendations included more outdoor time and exercise for inmates, mandatory education for illiterate inmates, and the in- the introduction of prison labor, which is an interesting... Uh, Did she just want them to work and maybe feel a purpose? Yeah. I get it. Like, like, prison labor is interesting because obviously in the United States, it's just like the continuation of the like, slave industry. Yeah. But it can be good where you have prisoners learning trades. Right. Yeah. And then sometimes they can make a salary, which they do not have access to until they leave. Yeah. Right. Which is Like cool. an orange is the new black. Yeah. yeah. Literally, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That or yeah. even like it's like money for them to spend at the canteen and, and stuff like. Yeah. Your commissary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the canteen. The canteen. <laughs> She also recommended the appointment of qualified superintendents and doctors who had been trained in uh, penology, I guess, which I guess is like the study of prisons. Okay. Um, Okay. And psychology. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) It's like people should have training. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That that would be important. (laughs) It's like, guys, is this normal? (laughs) This dude's dude's an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, although she had several supporters, her efforts were blocked by the Conservative Party, um, which was in power at the time. Typical. How- mm. However, when the Liberals came into power in 1935, they established the Royal Commission to investigate the penal system of Canada. In 1939, the penitentiary bill recommended 88, 88 changes to the penal system. Because um, of her? Yeah. Uh, all because of her. And then um, they wound up being implemented after the Second World War. Right. So about six years later. Take some time. But I mean, she she started it. Yeah. Right. Wow. Over her lifetime, Agnes made many long lasting friendships with men both at home and the parli- and on Parliament Hill. Mm. Friends. Mm. I, this guy's name, it like every time I see it, I think it's Farquad. Oh, <laughs> but no. I don't think it is. It's like Far Farquahair. Farquahair? I guess so. Oliver is his last name. Let's so I'm just going to call him Oliver. Call him Oliver. Ollie. Ollie. <laughs> Ollie. Ollie, Eggie, and who was the other person? Oh, the, it was the dad. Dugald. Dugald. Dougie. 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 <laughs> Dougie, Eggie, Ollie. So she was. he was a young neighbor um, and a childhood friend and a huge oh. supporter of Agnes during her early campaigns. And later he became her political prodigy. Ooh. Oh. Oh, no way. Yes. Uh, James Palmer. Be, uh, became Agnes's campaign manager and good friend. Um, during Agnes's campaign for penitentiary reform, she began an association with E.B. Jolife. 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 I don't know. <laughs> and that turned into a close relationship um, with him and his family. She was also close with J.S. Woodsworth, who is somebody oh. else we have covered in the Heritage That's Minute. That's cool. It's the Heritage Minute no one remembers. Which one? Um, yeah. It's like... A bunch of people sitting around the table, and there's Mackenzie King as prime minister, and he looks like 
Winston Churchill. It it or is. Mad I, Eye Moody. I swear Moody. that it is. Um, um, it is. Yeah, it's the actor who played Mad Eye Moody in my head. It will forever be. Oh my gosh. Agnes was not one to openly discuss her private life because she's a lesbian and it's illegal at the time. Oh my uh, gosh. But it is well known that she never married. Agnes did have many admirers. Before the First World War, Agnes said was said to have been engaged to a guy named Bob Tucker, who was the boyfriend of my youth, she said. Um, oh. But they did not marry, but remained instead close and loyal friends until his death in 1948. Um, Robert Gardner was a significant man in Agnes's life as well, both politically and personally, though she refused to marry him. Um, but he also remained a faithful friend until his death. Interesting. So, as you, uh, probably not surprising, Canada's first woman member of parliament was a self-professed feminist, yep. which is evident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in addition to her vocal support for farmer farming women and female workers more generally, she founded the Elizabeth Fry Society. Oh, no Which way. is, like, still, like... What? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it supports women uh, in conflict with the law. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's super cool. She's also friends with Nellie McClung. Um, she's also uh, supported the famous five who like petitioned for women to be recognized as people mm -hmm. um, and get women into the Senate. McPhail was a outspoken advocate for gender equity and strove to end legal discrimination against women, including modifying the grounds for divorce. Ooh. She continued to support women's rights when she became a member of the Ontario legislature in 1943. So McPhail loses her seat in 1940. Um, to like the liberal candidate and for the next few years she struggled to make a living Aww. she lectured in Canada and the United States and wrote for the Globe and Mail um, and then ultimately campaigned at the Ontario legislature in 1943 she did return to politics when she was elected to the Ontario legislature as a member of the CCF and there were two women who were members of the Ontario legislature at that time um, she only held the seat for two years though before she lost in the 1945 election um, she was then re-elected in 1948, and she continued to support farmers and industrial workers, prison inmates, and women. Wow. McPhail's final political success was the passage in 1951 of Ontario's first equal pay legislation, the Female Employees Fair Remuneration Act. Oh. She had long lobbied for equal pay uh, legislation. Despite the limitations of the act, which Agnes herself criticized, it was a significant step towards eventually getting equal pay for women. Wow. Uh, however, shortly after the success, Agnes lost her provincial seat again in 1951. She continued to work on projects dear to her heart, including a report for the status of women in Ontario. Um, however, she struggled with ill health and limited income. So that's the thing. Like, even though she's done all this great, amazing stuff, she doesn't have a husband. So she just, like, has only one income <sighs> oh as gosh. this, like single woman with no children yeah wow and she just never gave up to so she would get like kicked out and then like keep trying and wow yeah you're basically like a freelancer yeah, like, yeah just she's gonna like oh my god yeah yeah um so angus died on february 13th 1954 and she's buried in princeville ontario among her family her work and memory have left an indelible impression on the people and politics of Canada, and she has been commemorated in every possible way. <laughs> yeah. So there's biographies, children's books, plays, sculptures, photography, historical plaques, cairns and signs, building dedications, and constitutional changes. Wow. Which is a pretty big one. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> we should have led with that. Yeah. 
Um, the results of Agnes's time in Parliament are still felt in many levels of the Canadian government. Uh, Agnes and Vale fought hard for equality foremost. She worked to bring about reformations uh, of penitentiary government and regulations to increase women's rights and access to divorce. She spurred disarmament and anti-war discussions and strove to break down prejudices based on race and class by living as honestly as she could and speaking out against injustice at every turn. Canada as we know it has been shaped in part by this remarkable pioneer. Yay, girl power! I love Agnes. Yeah. Agnes wow. is like she's in my badass. top ten. She's, she's, badass. Like, she's not a bad person. I had no, no idea she she did that much. Like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, yeah, like, her being the first woman in Parliament is, like, the least of her accomplishments. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the prison stuff, like, like, like it's, it's, um, she should have more minutes. Oh, yeah, I, we should make another one about her. Oh, they yeah, should we revisit. Could. They should revisit and, like, go into, like, all the other issues that she tackled. Yeah. Like, Heritage Minutes Revisited. Ooh. Specifically, I think we do need a minute of her going into a hardware store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and being, like... So boys, Speaking what are we talking tire. about today? We need I that. Love that. I want them. Like I want. She them comes to in do... with the Timmies. Mm. It's like it's like drunk history. So she rolls yes. in in like her in like her traditional like dress, but she rolls in with a thing of Timmies and a pack of smokes, and she's like, "All right, boys, let's talk politics." Yeah. I I ha- Meet the farmers where they're at. They are at <laughs> Katie Tire. I just love how dedicated she was to like her career and yeah. like the issues that yeah. she was tackling, and like I love how it's just like she had male friends, but like never married or had kids like she literally just refused that life yeah that was probably so you were probably so pressured to do that as a woman back then you know to just get married we're and still have kids. pressured to do it still today. yeah yeah it's very and true. i mean i'm jokingly saying that she's like a lesbian probably but like maybe maybe yeah, I don't know. or maybe not or maybe or not maybe, maybe not. she's just truly that devoted to the work who knows yeah either option is fine yeah. Either option is okay. The divorce <laughs> stuff is interesting too. I'd love to know more about that. Like, oh yeah, the history of divorce is like very interesting yeah. because it's one of the most restrictive parts of a woman's life is that you need to have like a court has to say it's okay for you to leave your husband. Right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And F- like, if you do leave, like you could get a divorce, but it's like you leave and you have nothing. Like you're not entitled to anything. Mm. Right. Because so, it's all under his name. So, like, Nellie McClung and others, they, they like, fought to get women 50% of the estate when they yep. divorced and right. stuff. Like, Emily Murphy was really big on that as well. Yeah. Um, Did you know that the first divorce happened in Halifax? Ooh. Like, I, the first in Canada? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I learned that when I was researching for the quiz. <laughs> the, uh, the great Canadian quiz that I did. I actually did really well, but we still oh, didn't. We, our team still didn't win. But... <laughs> But, um, yeah, I found that out. It, oh, it happened cool. here in Halifax, apparently. Yeah. Get divorced. Don't stay in relationships that you're unhappy in. That's Preach. just what I... <laughs> Get divorced. <laughs> Pro-divorce. Uh, well, again, thank you, Sarah, so much for coming and being on the show. Uh, it was a great girl power episode to have you on for. So. I'm honored to be part of this one. I learned uh, a lot. I felt uh, like I walked away with some new knowledge. <laughs> Which yeah. is what you guys are doing here on Minute Women. <laughs> yeah. You want to educate people and make it fun at the same time. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Oh, yes. And thank you to all our listeners who are have showed up for another episode of the Minute Women podcast. <laughs> we appreciate it always so much. So thank you. Yeah, and if you haven't gotten enough, you can go to our website, minutewomenpodcast.ca. Uh, you can find all of our social media links there, the link to our merch store, which is the best way for you to support the podcast right now. Uh, all of our episodes get posted there. We're also on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. so um, Welcome to the club. Thank you. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's just 
audio. There's no visual. But all of our back catalog is there. And it's great if you know someone who is, like, hearing um, impaired. There's oh, auto yeah. captioning on yep. the YouTube. So you can yeah. read our podcast if you would like. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, until next time, have a great week. Bye. Bye.